to lift or to lift our hands up or to pray often to the Lord because that gives us our strength, a strength to accomplish things in the day that we need. If God is our God and we truly say, okay, Lord, I am your servant and I want to follow you and I want to do what you want me to do, then wouldn't it make sense to go to him often to say, okay, I've completed this task. What next? What next, Lord? Uh, what can I do next? And so you want to be mighty, then pray. Be a person of prayer if you want to be one of the mighty men or women of God. little things that you can do to positively impact an individual's daily life. You can smile at a stranger, call a friend and give a word of encouragement, or even return the shopping cart to the store. What stops you from making these small gestures throughout your day? In Pastor Mark's message today, he will encourage you to get with God and make it happen. The Lord is the one who will give you the strength daily to do small acts that can seem mighty to other people. You will be encouraged to go to God often for strength. Even as you finish one task, ask him again and ask for wisdom regarding your next move. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 23 for today's edition of Come Alive. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, and we're going to pick up in verse 8. And so as we look at those mighty men, we get a good look at what David's example and his witness has done. And that's what I want us to be able to see. And, And if you think about those people, you'll have an effect on. The people that are around you, not only in your house, but those people that are around you in the workplace, those people that are around you in the marketplace. When I was younger, in high school, I worked at a uh, a grocery store, and I worked in the butcher shop, and the people that would come through there sometimes, we would recognize them often, and you would see the same people. I mean, you think about what grocery store you go to, you know, those people that work there, they may not act like they've seen you before or even rec- but they do recognize who you are and, and, and the way you act. And so when I worked there, there was a couple of families that always stood out to us. Um, there was one family that was always real picky about everything and they weren't very friendly. But they would come in and they would make us, you know, replace slices of meat. They didn't like it. I mean, the guy would actually look and, I mean, it had to be perfect. It's like, you know, our thought was always like, man, it's just, you're going to cook it. It's going to shrink. It's not going to, but, I mean, if it had any kind of defect in the slice, I mean, he he wanted it a certain way. And we didn't really enjoy uh, catering to that guy. But there was another family that were really cool and they were always talkative and very pleasant to be around. And, and we'd, lo- we'd go out of our way and give them even extra stuff. You know, and it was the jerk that never got extra stuff because he was kind of a jerk. And so those people may not always say or act like they know you by name or see, but they do. They know you and they recognize you. So what kind of effect do you have on those people? Are you so different, you know, that, that you're going to be, you're going to make a difference in their life because they knew you? One of the things that I like to do, my son, he likes to skateboard. And, and so we go to this skateboard shop and every time we go in there, we try to, Make a difference with those people that are there and be kind to them because they're really cool to us. You know, you would think you go into a skateboard shop, they're not going to be, you know, they're, they're trying to 
be more cool than you are, but they're really not. They're really just kind of cool people. And so we try to make a difference. And I made a phone call and said, hey, man, these people are awesome. You know, I talked to the regional manager and she was like, hey, we always get complaint calls, but thank you so much for the for the compliment. I was like, man, I don't know why you would get a complaint call in there. I mean, unless somebody was really looking at that place, looking for a problem, but we're really cool people. So you can make a difference in the lives of the people that are around you. Or at a Starbucks, one of the things um, I have a friend that does is he'll go into Starbucks and he'll see somebody and they look like they're concentrating or having a rough time. He'll just buy them a little $5 Starbucks card. He'll go, hey man, I hope this makes your day better than what it looks like it is, you know, and and drop it off. And he's like, man, he goes, I get so many people that stop me and ask me why I'm doing that. So there's a lot of things we can do. And there's a lot of things, you know, that we already do that can have an effect on the people that are around us. Just the the way we look. Is there a smile? You know, I'm not much of a smiler, but I always try to say something funny to someone or try to be on their side or try to do something, give them some encouraging word. So I hope you meet someone that, that you see in scripture today that you think, wow, if that person can do that, so could I. And we're going to see guys that are chasing lions in pits, fighting, killing, stuff like that. I don't want you to go out killing anyone, but we're going to, we're going to put some spiritual things to these um, different things these guys do. And we see these guys that were once miserable. That's who these guys that we're going to read about are. Miserable, in debt, basically, distressed, discontent. We're going to see them make a mark in the lives of others. And you're like, well, in the lives of others, yeah. They've been making a mark in the lives of people for centuries now because they're in the Bible, and hopefully they'll make a mark on you, and you'll see some of these qualities of what a great godly leader or a great godly person is supposed to be. And so we're going to see these guys doing that. And so one of the things that I have is a question. If you take notes, you can just write down, what's stopping me? What is stopping me? It's a real simple question. What is stopping me from doing these things? What is stopping me from accomplishing victorious feats? So we should be the example. Um, but if you if you are you know if you look at those scriptures and you see those who've turned it around, the, those guys did it, and so can you. And we need to be able to be those people that look at this and say, you know what? God never gives us anything that's impossible for us to do without giving us the tools. I mean, at the end, I'm going to say that God gives us impossible things to do. I'm going to give you guys the end first. He he gives us impossible things to do. Some of the things we're asked to do as Christians are impossible, but he gives us the tools to do them through his Holy Spirit. And we talked about that on Wednesday. So we do, we have impossible tasks, but with God, all things are possible. And so we need to remember that these guys were the, the, the distress, the in debt and the discontent. Yet because their leader got alone with God, because their leader spent some time with God, these guys followed his example. And so that means that we need to do the same thing. We get alone with God, things can actually turn around. And so they did it, and you and I can do it as well. Verse 8 of First uh, Samuel chapter 23, we'll read there. Verse 8 says, These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Josheb, Bathshebeth, the Tachmanite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino, the Ezanite, because he had killed 800 men at one time. We're going to stop there. 800 guys. You think about how what this guy has done. Uh, this guy kills 800 guys at one time, and now... I want all of us to, to be mighty for God, uh, but how, how can we do this? And whether we're lifting our hands uh, in battle, I mean, you got to think about it. One time I, my brother and I bought some boxing gloves and we were going to just kind of box and we went out there and it, thought it would be fun to do it and thought, man, we could be able to do it like real boxers would do it. And to sit there with those boxing gloves on and punch and punch while you're getting hit wore us out. 
It didn't take very long. It was about 30 seconds before our hands started to drop and before we were just kind of just throwing punches after about three minutes, just trying to hit each other. And we're just swinging these limp arms, which actually hurt worse than a, a real punch connecting. But at some point, the energy was gone. And so this guy, you got to think about it. He's holding a sword. He's in battle. And yeah, there's some adrenaline, but there's a point when adrenaline goes away and you got to rely on strength, your own strength. Uh, but here's this guy, he goes to battle, and he's fighting, and it says he killed 800 guys. It doesn't say he and his men, it says he killed 800 men at one time. At one time. Uh, just to be out there to fight. Now, 800 people is a lot of people. Uh, just this, if you thought about just shaking hands with 800 people, that would take a, a quite a bit of time. But to kill 800 people, to swing the sword back and forth, to run, to charge... I don't think they all ran and lined up and just allowed him to cut off their heads or stab him in the heart or wherever. I think it was a battle, and he had to sit there and fight. So he's out there fighting, and he, it requires a lot of strength. Now, we're going to kind of over-spiritualize this because we're going to see this as, well, what battles have we won? You and I are in a battle. Well, we're in a battle, and it's a spiritual battle, but what do we need to do? And so not only are battles won on the battlefield, but they're also won in a war room or a battle planning area. So people plan for battles. And just like in our lives, well, we need to plan for things. Uh, I always like to talk to couples and say, okay, hey, when they first get married and, and they're coming for premarital, do you guys have a plan? What do you mean a plan? Yeah, we're going to get married. We're going to love each other for the rest of our lives. And it's going to be flowers and daisies. And it's going to smell, you know, like Skittles all the time around our house. We're going to be happily married. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But you know that's not true. So here's the deal. Is there a plan? Do you have a plan, like a family plan? When do you guys want to have kids? How many kids do you want? Can you agree on that? And you know how much money it's going to cost. Are you going to be able to afford those kids? And none of that stuff should really stop you from having, but you know, the Lord can provide, but what, what do you got going on there? Is there a plan? And then when you have a family, we usually sit down and ask, is there a standard that your family's going to go through? Have you sat your children down and looked and said, hey, here's our standard for our family. These are the things we do, and these are the things we do not do. And these are the people we want to uh, go out and witness to, and these are the people that we, we want to fellowship with and hang out with all the time. So is there a plan? Is there a standard for our family? And it's the same thing. Like if you thought about it, a business has a plan. Business plans are made every day. You, you got to take that business plan to a bank before anybody's going to give you any money. I remember when I was a banker, people would come with business plans and I would look at them. And there were some things, there were requirements that these businesses needed to do for growth, to grow themselves. And it didn't look like a lot of these things were real thought out and really some people would come and they needed help with business plans. So we'd sit down and say, okay, hey, here's how this works. And here's this business plan and you need to have this and boom, boom, boom. And you need to be, you need to be willing to grow this much by this time next year if we, if we were going to provide you the loan. And then you've got to also account for, we're going to give you a loan, but we're going to need some extra money back because there's interest on top of that. So this business plan needs to work for you, but it also needs to work for us because it's our money we're investing into your business and we want to help you be successful because the more successful you are, well, hey, guess what? We're a bank. We're going to make more money. And so there needs to be a plan. It's, I'm always amazed that people will start a business, they'll have a plan for their business, but they have no plan for their families, which is an important part of society is our families. And so the battles are not only won on the battlefield, but they're, 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 they're won in the war room, in the planning. And so you and I need to go to our commander-in-chief and say, hey, God, here's this. 
here I am. I'm going to get married or I am married. We're going to start a family or we have started a family. We haven't had a plan up to this point, but we do want a plan. And so we're asking for you to help us with it. And that's called prayer. So this first guy, when you look at this, this guy, you would say is prayer. How many times do we hold our hands up and pray to the Lord in a day? Uh, This is relationship. Hey, God, I respect your opinion. I really want your opinion. I need your guidance. I need your strength. And God says strength. Okay. You want strength to get through this day? Hey, think about how we get strong. How, How do your muscles develop? By lifting. If you were a bodybuilder or a power lifter to get stronger and stronger, you'd have to lift heavier and heavier weights. So God says, all right, cool. I'm going to help you get stronger. Lift your hands 800 times. That's going to provide you some strength there. And then leave them up. And you could call it praiser size if you want to, but we're to lift. We're to lift our hands up. We're to pray often to the Lord because that gives us our strength, a strength to accomplish things in the day that we need. If God is our God and we truly say, okay, Lord, I am your servant, and I want to follow you, and I want to do what you want me to do, then wouldn't it make sense to go to him often to say, okay, I've completed this task. What next? What next, Lord? Uh, what can I do next? And so you want to be mighty, then pray. Be a person of prayer if you want to be one of the mighty men or women of God. So what else does it take? Well, let's look at verse 9. It says, And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahoite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel had retreated. He arose and he attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. And the Lord brought about a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to plunder. So here we see this guy. If you ask yourself, what's just happened? What do you mean his hand is stuck to the sword? Well, this guy, he stayed in the battle. He fought long and hard. And so his hand would not release the sword, and he was so busy in the battle that he couldn't let it go. Last week I shared with you guys how when I was cutting grass one time with a, a machete, that my hand cramped up and it had held on so tight and I'd held on to this machete so long throughout the day that my hand wouldn't release it. When I was done, I tried to drop it, throw it down. My, my hand stayed closed. I literally had to peel my fingers. It was very painful. I had to peel my fingers off of this machete and then drop it. And then my hand closed immediately again. And it was the craziest thing. And we were laughing. We would open it and we would, it would just close. And I would open it and it would close. And my guys are like, what in the world is happening? And that was just because the muscle memory was there, just because I'd hung on to this thing all day and just worked all day with a machete. And so it was automatic. His hand, this guy's hand kept gripping the sword. He couldn't drop it, though he was done. In Ephesians 6.17, we're told that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And if throughout the day you're using your sword, well, you know what? It's going to be tougher and tougher and harder and harder to let it go when, when, when it's time to let it go, you'll, you'll just have it. You'll use it so often that it'd be tough to let it go to just forget about it. But those who forget about God's word often are the ones who use it the least. They, they might show up on Sunday and be like, oh yeah, that was great. That was awesome. We read this cool story about these guys. And then they don't pick it up on Monday, Tuesday, and then they show up Wednesday and we're, here we are, we got it again. But it's easy not to pick it up after that because we didn't pick it up the other two days and we just pick it up on Wednesday but our intentions are good. We mean to pick it up, uh, but we forget it. And, uh, you know, we've said it before. It's amazing how many people will turn around to go pick up their cell phone, but they won't turn around to go get their Bibles. Oh, I forgot my cell phone. I got to have that connection. But yeah, God's word speaks to us, and it's a connection to him as well. It's his word. 
And so here, this guy can't drop his sword because his hand is tied around it and, and held onto it. And so we as Christians need to continuously just hang on to God's word. We need to grow in God's word. And so many Christians will say that they struggle with their faith. A lot of people say that. And you're just like, well, I wonder why you struggle with your faith. Can I ask you some questions? And I'm like, sure, go ahead. Uh, how often do you have quiet time? Oh, man, you know, I had one last month. It's like, well, that, that's pretty good. That's better than having none last month. But you need to have this time with the Lord. You need to spend time in God's word. Uh, so here's the remedy for your faith. If you, if you, if you struggle with, with faith, here's your remedy. Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's a real simple remedy. If you're picking up your Bible and you're hearing God's word, it will help build your faith. But it, it's just not going to make you super strong that day. Because that would be like me going into the gym thinking I'm going to curl 75 pounds with three sets of eight every starting today. I would probably get in there and struggle. I could probably be able to curl it one time, but the second time it wouldn't happen. And so it gets tough sometimes. And so we, it's something we got to work up to. So we, we might read a few verses and then one day maybe read a chapter and then the next day another chapter. And then the next week we might find ourselves being, knocking out a whole book. It's important that we spend time in God's Word. So are you hearing God's Word daily? Not just radio or internet. That's, that's a cool way to do it. But personally getting out your Bible, reading and looking and seeing what God has to say to you, and then studying those words, growing in that. Because sometimes it's great when you listen to radio and internet. That's kind of being spoon-fed. But what about you? Are you doing it on your own? Are you studying, circling the words and applying that to your life, what the Lord has shown you intimately? Your faith will grow stronger as you take in the nutrients of God's word, those calories of the meat of God's word, and you'll start to grow. You'll be stronger. And so a mighty man of God doesn't mind lifting their hands in prayer often during the day, but also will use God's word to fight the enemy, and that would be the sword of, of the Holy Spirit, and it will become natural for you to hold fast to it. So those are two things, prayer and God's word. Let's look at the next one. Verse 11 says, And after him was Shema, the son of Agi, the Herai. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, but he stationed himself in the middle of the field. He defended it and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Now we look at this guy and you're thinking, Wow. And you know, this guy stood there while everyone else ran. Well, what is this a picture of? Well, uh, this is a picture of, you know, somebody not only needing prayer and God's word, but it's also, we're going to see what else you need to fight the enemy is faithfulness. Uh, this is faithfulness. And so this guy stood while everybody else took off. And so we can look at this in ministry. We see a guy who's willing to, to guard the beans, so to speak. I mean, anybody ever taste a, a lentil? Anybody ever have lentils? And now, they're only good if you put different spices in them and you add meat. But they're not good just boiled. You just boil it. It's not a great tasting little bean. And it's small. It's a very small little thing. It looks like, it almost looks like a tick, like a bug, the parasite. They're kind of, they freak me out sometimes when I look at those things because I'm like, man, a tick could be in this. And I, I wouldn't be sure which one was the tick. So, you know, and, and I freak myself out like that all the time. So it's a small little bean, so to speak. And so here's this guy. He's standing there and the Philistines show up and everybody takes off except for him. 
what's the importance of the bean field? Oh, we could say, well, you know, it feeds the people and the people will get their nourishment. We could say that, and that's probably part of that's true. But he stood. It wasn't that he was the protector of the lentils. And it says all the people fled, but he stood. He stayed. He was faithful. And so what is that little ministry God has given you? Well, what is that little thing that God's given you? Is it maybe you're, you're the person that signs the kids in over in the children's ministry? Or maybe you're to guard um, the donut cart from the kids coming in after children's ministry because they're like ants attacking those donuts. Uh, what little ministry has the Lord given you? Maybe it's changing diapers. Uh, maybe it's coffee, just brewing the coffee. Or maybe it's wiping the seats or picking up the trash or being an usher. And But do we see all that God has given? You know, everyone else ran except for this guy. He saw that, hey, man, God has given me a, a great task. And he obviously was passionate about it to guard, to guard that greeting ministry or whatever ministry he's given you. But this guy, he has the ministry of guarding the bean fields, taking care of them. And when the Philistines attack, he stands in the middle of the field and he fights. And again, not because he's the protector of the lentils, but because he, he was called to do this. this. This was his ministry. He was passionate about it. He wasn't going to flee. So many ministries die because, well, well they don't want to stand alone. Uh, they don't want to be there by themselves. They think it's of no importance or they get discouraged and they leave. And so Shema is like, well, not me, man. I'm standing. I don't care how many people are rushing this thing. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to, even if I die, I'm going to guard these lentils. I have a job to do. And because he was faithful in service, he became a mighty man of God. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, he says that stewards are to be found faithful. In Matthew 25, 21, Jesus says, he who is faithful in the small things shall be made ruler over great things. See, God may be testing each one of us or may be testing you to see if you've stood your ground in keeping your commitment. You know, one of the things I said in the first service is like, we used to have that soul sessions. It was a a prayer night, the third Friday of each month. And we as a leadership would show up and that was great for us, but no one else was really showing up. When we announced it, people would come up and they're like, oh man, that's awesome. We'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. Cool. We'll do it. And the first one, there were people there. The second one, there were some people there. The third one, it got small. The fourth one got smaller. And so we just decided, hey, instead of turning on the lights and the AC and we could be a better steward of the money that the Lord's providing for us. And we just would not do this Friday night prayer thing. And we'll do it on, on in the mornings with leadership on Sunday mornings. And so we didn't announce that it was gone. But do you know that nobody even asked what happened to it? We took it off the website. No, no one asked. King David's story didn't end when he ascended the throne. He had finally achieved the promise God gave him, but his time on earth was far from concluded. He had to raise his family, lead a nation, conquer the enemy, and continue to rely on his creator to sustain him. David didn't always do this with the grace and perfection we'd assume from a man after God's own heart. In fact, he frequently failed, giving in to temporary pleasures, neglecting what God had for him to do. Every time, though, David came back to his creator, He repented of his sins and renewed his commitment to God. God's forgiveness was real and available for David, and it is for you today, too. Have you been afraid to come to God because of your life choices? He wants to hear from you. He sees your heart and already knows of your sins and is waiting to offer you forgiveness if you ask. 
Tracy's here to tell you more about this. Are you ready to meet Jesus and have your sins forgiven? We would be honored to be the ones to tell you about God's Son, who came to earth to pay the price for you and every person on earth. That price is death. But because Jesus died, you have the chance to live. Give us a call so we can tell you more. Our number is 281-391-5503. Thanks, Tracy. We are so glad you joined us today, and we hope you'll tune in again to Come Alive.